What's going on? It's another week of the Triple Option. I'm Blair Gunther. I'm Mike Monday. And I'm Curtis Studebaker. Everybody is back and healthy after being sick last week. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. And we're going to talk some basketball. I know Kurt's been itching to talk Big Ten basketball, so Kurt, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so we have a week left, or a little less now, before the Big Ten tournament starts. And it's right now Indiana's to lose, but there are still several big games left. There's definitely a, sh- a chance for them. You know, if they lose at Michigan this week, there's still a chance for a tie at the top. Do you guys give Indiana any shot of losing uh, when they go to visit Michigan? You know, two weeks ago I would have said yes, but Michigan has been playing so poorly. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that we did this podcast this week because I was all I was all on board the Michigan bandwagon, and I would have ridden them hard. And now I'm like, wow, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know. Can you make an argument that their loss at Penn State was them looking past Penn State? I feel like you can always make that argument for teams okay, that lose that. to worse teams. But yeah, I, I mean, for sure, that's definitely a possibility. And I mean, Chrysler is going to be hopping for that game. It's going to be a pretty sweet scene. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, as, as biased as I am towards Indiana or try not to be, but still am, they have two really impressive road wins. They won at Ohio State and at Michigan State. So if they can win at those places, I don't think Michigan at Michigan would be that much tougher, even though I think Michigan's a better team. No, I think Michigan State's a better team now. So Yeah, yeah their win in Michigan State was a surprise to me, but maybe that was just the Purdue bias. Yeah, very possible. And, and Penn State was going to get somebody eventually. No. They're, they were like 0-14 oh, or something like that when yeah. going into that game. Yeah, but yeah, you don't expect them to they get were. You know, a top five team. A top five team, yeah. You expect them to get someone, but like maybe Northwestern or, or Purdue. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> All right. So, Kurt, I'm assuming you think that Indiana finishes out solely in first place, or do you think there is a tie? I think Indiana is going to go into Michigan and win. They do have Ohio State at home, so that's a potential loss. I mean, Wisconsin went in there and won, so Ohio State could do it. Could Indiana have it wrapped up by the time that game comes around, or? They would have at least a share. Okay. They beat Ohio State. So there might be a lead on Michigan State. Might be a little yeah. bit of a letdown. I mean, Crean's not really the type that lets them play down, but I don't know. It's yeah. definitely possible. They're going to be the one seed no matter what because they swept Michigan State. Yep. Okay. Speaking of Big Ten tournament, not to get into it too much because I think we're going to talk about it later, but do you guys I, personally? I think that any of the top six and my six is Minnesota, not Illinois, could go through and win. I don't think it will happen, but I think any of the six could ha- make a run. I don't know that I'd go that deep. I would cut it off at five. I wouldn't include Illinois or Minnesota. The number of upsets they would have to pull off. Yeah, that's a, the Big Ten tournament's going to be a tough run. That's nasty for anyone. I don't know. I just Maybe it's me buying into Minnesota's win against IU, but they were really good at the beginning of the year, and I figured maybe they found something here late. It's possible. Granted, they're going to be like the sixth seed, but... Yeah, I, I mean, go and ahead. Buckley's playing really, really well, so they could put a run together. I still don't have a full grasp on how Big Ten tournament seedings work, so I don't know exactly the route that they would have to go. It's one through four get a buy, yeah. and then it's five, twelve, so on and, and so forth. And then a normal bracket. Yeah. Yeah, right okay. now Minnesota would play Nebraska. Which I mean, round. You'd have to expect they'd win that. Right. And, and then, then they beat... would get Wisconsin. Yeah. I think they could beat Wisconsin. They could. And then after that, you kind of, you can't really make any predictions because... There's so many... Yeah, possible upsets. The Big Ten tournament's always an interesting time. Yeah, well, I think it's... I mean, I agree with what you said. I think it's going to be really interesting this year because the Big Ten is so good, at least in the top this year. You know, for what it's worth, I think the bottom is maybe even worse this year than normal. Uh, I feel like the top is really good and the bottom is really bad. I listen to a lot of ESPN Sports Radio on the way to work, and something that 
a blurb that Coward has said a lot. They like play it as one of the replay things. He said, after the Sweet 16, no Big Ten teams will be left in the tournament except for Indiana. I don't think that's true he at keeps all. Go- he keeps going on about how, you know, everyone's talking about how great the Big Ten is this year and how dominant they are. And he called a shot that Indiana's the only team left after the Sweet 16. I don't, I don't see how that's possible at all. Because what Indiana will be probably a one seed, barring like an early Big Ten loss or just tanking the rest of the season. Yeah. And I would imagine that Michigan State and Michigan are in line. Michigan State's probably a two or three, and Michigan's probably a three or four. That's what I'd say. I, I, that, I, I mean, the early rounds of the tournament are so light, usually. I mean, okay, there's always your upsets, don't get me wrong. Right. But for, for really excellent teams, you just expect at least the Sweet 16. Yeah, Was I he just, saying that only Indiana would make the Sweet 16? Yes. Or only Indiana would get to the Elite Eight? He is saying after the first weekend, oh. only one big team team will remain. I mean, it's just a number of 7s and 10s who would have to beat Michigan State, yeah. Michigan, Wisconsin's climbing. I mean, there, there would have to be three or four upsets, all against Big Ten teams, for Indiana to be the only one. I mean, it may have just been one of his... I'm not a huge coward fan, but... I'm... No, no. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, I think it may just be one of his things that he says to get people riled up and, and calling in. Sure sounds like it, because, I mean, I just don't... Some Big Ten coaches have made their names. I mean, Izzo for sure, but mm-hmm. Bo Ryan is pretty much a lock to get to the second weekend. I mean, he never gets past the Sweet no. 16, oh, but no. he'll get there. Yeah. And I just, there's too much talent in the Big Ten for me to think that only one team would get there. Right. I, I just, I don't I mean, you know, if he calls it, he's, you know, a genius. For as much as I dislike the guy he's been on this year, his NFL picks were off the charts, but. I guess the question to go along with that is how many teams do you think from the Big Ten will get into the big dance? I'm looking at the standings here. Minnesota right now is in a three-way tie for six with Illinois and Iowa, and their conference records are they're all seven and eight. And Illinois is twenty and nine, Minnesota's nineteen and nine, and Iowa is eighteen and ten. I think all three all, all three are gonna end up in. I would think so because after that it's Purdue and they're thirteen and yeah. fifteen and they ain't getting in. Nope. Nope. Barring a miraculous run through the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> yep. And then a fourteen seed and we get knocked out in the first round anyways. Nah, you pull it. <laughs> pull a Georgia. Yes. That's what I was thinking. So eight eight teams. I mean, yeah. it's hard to think out of a field of eight that you couldn't get more than one past the second round. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? I probably wouldn't include Iowa, but I mean, because Minnesota is like on a lot of people's list as last four or five in. Okay. And I think they're pretty far ahead of Iowa. Really? I think because usually isn't it twenty twenty one wins is kind of the usually it's a cutoff. lock. Yeah. Right. right. I don't think Iowa's beating anybody. Yeah, I mean it's definitely possible. I don't know their they RPI beat, or any they of that beat, stuff. They so. beat uh, they beat whiskey at home. It grant it was right after whiskey beat IU. I don't know if they have any other big wins. I mean their conference record is seven and eight, which is not impressive. But they're eighteen and ten, so yeah. eighteen wins is they still I, have a few games I, left. I feel like they win one more game in the regular season, then they take the first game in their in the tournament. You got to think. Well, they, they just beat Purdue, so that's that's something. Oh yeah, that's right. a huge win, massive. <laughs> no, they. I'm looking at their schedule now. Their next best win besides Wisconsin. Minnesota at home. They got nothing. They played nobody in the preseason. Got huh. smoked by Vatek, which is the only good team they played. I don't know. I, I mean, think they'll be. I think they're going to be the bubble team. So it'll be either be seven or eight for me. Yeah, I think Minnesota will get in, and then Iowa will be the question. Yeah. Before we leave this topic, does any of those other Big Ten teams get even into the any postseason thing? Because they're all under five hundred. Oh, no chance. I mean, I don't think anyone from the Big Ten is accepting a CBI bid. So, <laughs> assuming the NIT, I don't think the NIT takes Purdue or. Nebraska is thirteen and five behind. The... Yeah, I, I think it's just those seven or eight. I, if, if Iowa doesn't get into the 
the big dance, they'll go to the NIT. Okay. And they'll probably be really successful there. Right. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a one or a two seed in that tourney. Yep. Man, so, bottom yeah. half of the Big Ten is bad. It's really bad after those first eight. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Any last thoughts, I guess? I mean, it seems like IU looks like they're going to win the one seed. We don't want to talk about the Big Ten tournament yet because you still have some seedings to sort out. Well, do we want to make any predictions now, early ones, on who we think will win the tournament? You know, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. I think Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten tournament. Ooh. I'm going with Michigan State. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, Blair. But I like that Ohio State pick. It's not really going too far out there because they've got the talent, they've got the coaching. Yeah, Thad Mata is he's a monster. He's a good coach. My issue with that is that, like, don't get me wrong, I think Deshaun Thomas is going to be a beast at the next level. I've seen the kid play a few times. He literally needs absolute no space, and he will get a shot off, and it will be a quality shot. And I think that's what makes them so dangerous, because if he gets on, you can ride a hot player in tournaments. My issue is that typically for them to be successful, Aaron Kraft has to score at least 12 points, and that's just not normally something he does. That's saying a lot for him. Well, usually win whenever he has 15 or more fouls. <laughs> <laughs> Only two of which are called. Aaron Kraft is a particular enemy of the Triple Option podcast. <laughs> Fact. He is not not any of our favorite player by a long shot. Sir, does anybody give Michigan a shot? I didn't realize they had fallen all the way down to fifth in the Big Ten right now. I mean, they have the ta- they have the talent to do it. I just don't see it coming together for them. Fair enough. All right, so switching from the baby league to the men's league, going from college basketball to NBA, Mike is a big proponent of the NBA. I am. He says it's the best sport ever. It is, actually. The NBA is my all-time favorite sports league to watch and follow. And uh, the trade deadline ended last week. There was a lot of talk about some really big trades happening. Dwight Howard was a big name. Josh Smith was another big name. And instead, we got J.J. Redick to the Bucks. That's, I mean, it's really sad, but that really was the biggest trade. Yeah, and frankly, it's a decent trade for both teams. I think the Bucks got a nice backup to Jennings and Ellis, and I think that the Magic got rid of an expiring contract for some young talent. Yeah, good in their position. Mm-hmm. So let's go first into the failed Josh Smith trade. There were a lot of names being thrown around. Are there any that stood out to you, Blair or Kurt, as the most interesting possibilities? The ones that I heard, I didn't think he was going to go to Brooklyn because I didn't think they have enough assets. Milwaukee was talking about it for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that the team that could pull off any trade if they wanted to, as long as the other team was willing, is Houston because their roster was so loaded with young talent. Yeah. You know, I feel like the Atlanta GM almost won executive of the year this offseason by getting rid of of Joe Johnson's contract. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't know how you don't trade Josh Smith because he's not coming back to Atlanta. No, unless they pull some crazy magic tricks and they're going to be left with Jeff Teague and the remains of Al Horford, whatever he's healthy. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess they could sign a trade in the off season, which is what they'll probably do because stars want their max contracts. But I was just really surprised that he didn't get moved. I want to say that Dwight Howard is from the Atlanta area. He is. And yeah. So he may be possible landing, you know, target for them. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I just see them both, at least one of them, ending up in Houston. I don't know why you wouldn't want to go mm-hmm. partner up with James Harden. And they, I mean, I was really surprised at first when I saw all the talent they gave away for practically nothing, this trade deadline. But yeah. they cleared a bunch of cap space. I think they have somewhere in the vicinity of 20 to $25 million. Houston is, that's a that's a good-looking team. If they Especially if they were to sign Smith in the offseason, which they could do. You have a lineup of Lynn, Harden. Parsons, Smith, and Ashik. And then you have Robinson on the bench as your sixth man. Yeah. I mean, that's a young team that is looking nasty. Yeah, that's real dangerous. They're they're good right now. Yeah. 
And if they add a guy like Smith, who is going to be great for the next four years until his athleticism starts to go, that's definitely a, a contender in the West, even with the Thunder and the what's left of the Spurs. I mean, I think that's the plan is for them to go, because Smith and, and Howard, I guess, are actually pretty good buddies. I believe so, I think yeah. that's the top process of Atlanta trying to keep Smith and on top of Howard being from the Atlanta area, but... I think the plan is for them to go get Smith and then try and some kind of sign and trade with L.A. to get Howard into Houston as well. I think I read that part of the precursor for the T-Rob trade is that T-Rob was more interesting to the Lakers. Okay. I'm still trying to... I mean, I guess you get rid of... You, you deal a Sheik mm-hmm. and T-Rob and maybe Parsons. I think Parsons has got to be in there. I mean, Parsons is one of the best young forwards playing right now. He reminds me a lot of uh, Gallinari from Denver. Oh, yeah, that's a good good comparison. I definitely think that a Smith to Houston trade would have been interesting at the deadline, but it doesn't matter now because it's over. I think I think Atlanta was probably interested in that. I think Houston probably wasn't because I think their thought process was, well, we can just buy him in the offseason. Yeah, they definitely have the, the tools to bring him. Daryl Morey, the GM out in Houston, is... is probably the best in the league yeah in terms of well that's not true rc buford in san antonio is better but Maury i mean is, presti's pretty impressive and presti is also impre- actually Oklahoma that brings City. me to another trade that i thought was a big deal thank you for the transition blair no problem eric Maynor, who's been in uh oklahoma city for a while and has not been good sam presti has somehow managed to convince teams in the league that he is worth trading for and the Blazers picked him up, and the Thunder got a trade exception and the rights to some a foreign player. I don't even remember his name. But the fact that the Thunder got anything for him and didn't just have to let him go in the offseason is just a great move by Sam Presti. I mean, $2.2 million of a trade exception is not huge, but it could get you a piece on a team like that that is putting together a lot of pieces. I actually like their... I know they weren't big moves. They actually got Brewer from new york which again i think a second round pick yeah isn't a a big deal but in a league where you have wade and and lebron and all those scores on the wing he's a defensive specialist and Mm -hmm. i thought it was a solid bench pickup yeah another interesting defensive pickup the mavs and hawks made a swap anthony morrow went to the to the mavs and he is statistically i believe in terms of percentage is the best three-point shooter ever in the history of the nba okay he's definitely up on the list and it's weird to say a name like him as you know someone who's up there but he is a ridiculously good three-point shooter the unfortunate part is that he doesn't have any any other skills in the game of basketball <laughs> he's a shooter he is very very good at shooting the basketball cannot dribble cannot play defense <laughs> he can shoot he can shoot and then defensive player dante jones went to the hawks and is essentially going to be there to take a little bit of pressure off of Teague and Josh Smith having to guard. Like, Teague would be guarding bigger guys, Smith guarding smaller guys. Dante can can cover most of the two guards in the league and a lot of the small forwards as well. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely an interesting pickup for the Hawks, who, despite not having a lot of the things that they wanted happen in their during their season, are still in contention for the playoffs and are, are they're going to make it. Yeah, I think they're like the the sixth seed, I think. Yeah, and the East is interesting because the first the top eight teams are all at, at about 500. And I believe it's Toronto that is ninth. And they're like five games under 500 right now. Yeah, I think it clearly the Heat are number one. But mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was looking at it the other day. I think between two and nine is somewhere in the vicinity of like seven and a half games divides yeah, all of them. It's pretty close. But I feel like the eight teams that are in the playoffs right now are all going to be in. Probably. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's a big gap between eight and nine right now. Yeah. Two through eight is seven and a half games. And, but Philadelphia <laughs> is six games out of that eight spot. 
Oh, it's Philly, yeah. Man, did they really... Oh, man. I heard that Andrew Bynum's not even supposed to come back now. He is not going to come back. And he's this is his last year of his deal, right? It is. So unless Ouch. he decides to come back, Philly, uh, Philly essentially gave up Andre Iguodala for nothing. Yeah. Bynum killed my, my preseason picks. I picked Philly to finish, I think, in the top four because I figured Bynum mm-hmm. was the piece to move them. They were eighth last year, I believe, or seventh. Yeah. And I figured Bynum was a piece to move him up, and he just absolutely... He hurt his knee bowling. Because <laughs> <laughs> between the legs. Yeah, he just did something something a little silly, I think. That's It's so unfortunate to, you know, as being not athletically gifted and being a, an actual fan of sports, to just see someone with such God-given abilities mm-hmm. just absolutely waste it. Yeah, and he just does not care. And part of me respects that. Because he feels he's he said in interviews that he feels he felt forced into the game of basketball and has never fully enjoyed it. Okay, but he's making a lot of money to do it, and a lot of people do jobs that they don't like doing to make the, to make money, and he's making a lot more than most people do. Yeah, I mean, I guess I understand. I understand. I just if it was my, I, I don't know. I feel like he even if that was the case, you still have to understand how great of an mm-hmm. opportunity you've been given, and it seems like he just doesn't care. Yeah, it really does, and it's unfortunate, especially for Philly fans. I think most would agree Howard is still the best center, but I feel like Bynum is much more offensively polished, and so if he actually mm-hmm. tried, when, I don't think it would be even close. When Bynum is on, I think he's better than better than Howard. So because he can shoot, yeah, he can he can play on both ends of the floor and yeah. not just defensively. Um, Sorry, Philly. Yeah. I mean, he's making 17 mil and hasn't even appeared in a game this year. He is sitting at home. I think the actual question is how many pins did he knock down for that 17 million? I I don't know. It better have been a good game. (laughs) (laughs) Kurt, what do you think? Was it surprising to you that Smith or Howard didn't get traded? Maybe not so much Howard, because I think Lakers have proven they're stubborn and they're just going to write it out. I guess all would have been the one they traded, if anyone. Blair, you mentioned that... Houston can just wait and, and buy whatever pieces they want in the offseason. And that's clearly what they were trying to do when they moved all these players. You know, they moved Patterson and Morris. So I, I think they are content just waiting it out. They're confident they can they can get Smith or another piece in the offseason. I think it's got to be Smith or Howard, one or the other. Before we leave the trade deadline, you guys are both Pacers fans. Did you guys mm-hmm. expect the Pacers to do anything and, and or are you disappointed that they did not? Everyone always wants something to happen with their team. But the Pacers are in line for either the two or the three seed. They are looking like the biggest threat in the East to the Heat, except for maybe the Knicks. The Knicks and the and the Pacers are kind of similar in terms of how they would beat the Heat. And I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the team right now. Lance Stevenson has broken out this year, but he is personally is not a a great person, like not a great human being. So I'd like <laughs> to see that. He I believe pushed his pregnant girlfriend down the stairs during an altercation at one point early in his career so it's things like that that make me dislike him (laughs) i'm not you know maybe it's just me but pushing your girlfriend down the stairs is not not a good thing no but i'd like to see him dealt um they could get quite a bit for him right now Uh, in terms of their lineups he's been a part of all of the pacers best lineups this year and he's made a pretty big impact in the starting lineup and when granger comes back he's going to make a huge impact on the bench so i'd like to see him dealt at some point just because I don't like him that much as a person, but I think he, he may be a key to the Pacers. I mean, as a Pacers fan, I'm pretty sensitive to people who cause trouble because oh. of because of the brawl. No. I can't imagine ago. why. No. Yeah. Uh, so, so Ron Artest is obviously your favorite player. Ron Artest is clearly my favorite player. Um, hey, when I saw that ESPN article a couple days ago about uh, the Hibbert fight, Yeah, I think my stomach just about turned over. It 
Yeah, I was... The way the article was phrased on the front page of ESPN made it sound a lot worse than it actually was. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a Pacers fan, and I was I was doing some homework, I think. I was watching the game to begin with, and I flipped it off, and I started doing some homework, and I got the tweet, Pacers in a fight, Hibbert ejected from game, and I was yeah. like, oh no, because the text message I got, I have the ESPN text message alerts, mm-hmm. and it was like, it said, fight spills in the crowd. Right. And I was that like, That is no. the biggest exaggeration ever that I've ever heard in sports. That fight did not spill into the crowd. The crowd was like basically on the court. They were just pushing around. You know, and I guess you give some suspensions to kind of kill it immediately, mm-hmm. but I really thought that Curry, and it's it, it's funny because the next game where she should have been suspended, in my opinion, I think he did the worst out of all of them. Mm-hmm. He goes off for 58 or whatever and 50, shoots yeah. all those threes. It was definitely funny to see see him go after Hibbert and just get tossed off like a rag doll. Yeah, it was, see, that's what that's why I think he should have been ejected because he he came back. Yeah, I had a I had a friend who likes to make fun of Curry's glass ankles, um, <laughs> and he said that Curry was just trying to stab Hibbert with his glass ankles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's I mean Curry's playing out of his mind right now, but I thought that was a little bit Lee and Hibbert just kind of. Shoved. Yeah, they shoved, and that happens sometimes. And text should have been issued, and maybe an ejection for both of them. Then the way Curry flew in, that definitely said a lot to me. See, um, I I didn't get... I guess the suspensions, they decided they had to give them to somebody, but I feel like Hibbert, the clip I saw, he gives Lee a pretty good shove, and mm-hmm. play still goes on, and then Lee shoves him back, and that's when play gets called dead, and then yeah. they push, and I still don't think it was suspension-worthy. What do you want him to do? Just let Curry lay into him? Right, right. I, I don't know. I just I think the technicals I get why they've given the refs more power, but I feel like they've they're too quick on the whistle. It's a competitive sport between guys. Testosterone is testosterone. Yep. There's going to be some shouting and a little bit of bumping. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm old school and just like a little bit more of a physical game. But in the end, I'm fine with the suspension. I don't care that much. Um, the Pacers lost to the Clippers in a game that they probably could have won with Hibbert. Something classy I saw that Hibbert did. Lance Stevenson was also fine, and Hibbert agreed to pay his fine for him. I believe I read that. Hibbert makes something close to sixteen million a year, and Lance Stevenson makes less than a million, and it was like a thirty-five thousand dollars fine. So that's pretty significant for a guy like Stevenson who's not making as much. I think that's big for. I think that might speak to the the chemistry you guys Mm -hmm. have because the team's essentially the same from last year. It is, and uh, those guys are definitely very close. And so, I mean, I don't want to say that anything like that would help a team. But I think that it could mean a lot for them going into the postseason. Yeah. Kurt, thoughts on Brawl trade deadline? I think I'm good. I just wanted to touch on it. I was actually disappointed the Bulls didn't do anything for the really? trade deadline. Really? Yeah. So my thought process is, and this is, I've heard it, I've, I've, Kurt actually asked me questions off mic. The new escalation for the luxury tax, the, I believe the stipulation is you have to be, to start getting those penalties racked up, you have to be over three out of five consecutive years. Somewhere in there you have to be. And the Bulls will be over this year for a team that's not going to do anything. Right. And so I just, I don't know. The team's in, in big trouble for as well as they've played. I really think they're going to tank because I think they've started to cure some injuries. I don't think Rose is coming back, nor do I think he should. And they've started to have some of their bench pieces get hurt. And I think with the way Tibbs plays, guys, that team's just going to run into the ground. Yeah, here it soon. could be bad news um, if, if people start going out. What do you think about uh, Reggie Rose coming out and blasting the Bulls management? You know, he said what most fans are thinking, not to the extent. I think they should have done something. They really need a backup center bad. Yeah. 
Tibbs is going to kill Joe Kim Noah. He's already basically killed Luol Deng, and Derrick Rose is definitely not coming back anytime soon. But, you know, I don't I don't agree with that sentiment. I think Rose is a lot more loyal than that. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think that Rose should come back this year. I think there's some supportive arguments like Blake Griffin, Rubio, and Shumpert are three that come to mind that ACL. I know, I think Griffin was microfracture, but he sat out a whole year, yeah. and he looked a lot better when he came back having the year off, whereas mm-hmm. I think Rubio and Shumpert have really kind of been up and down this yeah, year coming back been. so quickly so yeah that's a good point a good point you make i think reggie rose was just a little bit hot-headed there in saying that Derek would look at other options because i mean that rose frustrates me on the court because I, i'm not a fan of his team but he's a great player and is obviously extremely loyal to his city so yeah i don't see him leaving unless they like just absolutely strip the team down and it's literally rose and nobody else yeah yeah which i don't see them doing I think that Chicago, the management, is just trying to keep the the free agent class of 2014 in mind. Try and make another run at somebody from there, because it's actually a pretty impressive one again. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's all I've got on the trade deadline. And It's disappointing that the biggest stories were things that did not happen. It's true. It always, it always seems like it's that way at the trade deadline, though. I guess. Occasionally you'll have something huge happen, but... All right, so staying in the NBA, we have Facebook and Twitter account. And on our Twitter account, somebody said they wanted to hear us debate Kobe versus LeBron. It's been a big topic in sports media because things are kind of slow right now, especially with the trade deadline being so disappointing. That and MJ has not helped. Yes. (laughs) And actually, MJ is going to be kind of a big, big feature in this discussion for me, at least. Um, (laughs) Because you can't really compare Kobe and LeBron straight up right now. It's not fair to LeBron's future. And it's not respectful to what Kobe has done. I mean, if you look at their numbers straight up right now, Kobe is by far the better choice. But he's been in the league for... 17? 16? Just a very, very long time. It's It's like twice as long as LeBron. That's crazy. So it's, it's almost double. And so I don't think it's fair to just compare them straight up. But you can sort of project them. And a great focus point for that is Michael Jordan who is the greatest of all time, and excellent comparisons can be made between him and Kobe. I mean, Kobe essentially has modeled his entire game after what Jordan did, and in terms of sheer numbers, is probably the closest comparison to what Kobe has done. You know, Jordan has six titles, Kobe has five. I don't know their points and minutes off the top of my head, but they've got to be fairly similar, right? I think that body stature is the same size. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of impressive how similar they are. I think that if you want to break it down, I think I just, I don't think Kobe's as good as a team player. And that's just me, but he, I think my thing with Kobe compared to Jordan is that he never, he didn't do it by himself or he didn't do it as the top guy on his team nearly as much as Jordan did. I mean, when Kobe won I mean, the early titles, three, yeah. it was with Shaq and Shaq was, Shaq was by far the best player in the league during those years. He was unstoppable. Yeah. It was, you could not stop him. So Kobe was a great part of that team, but he was sort of the Pippin to Shaq's Jordan in those situations. So then you have those two guys, those two shooting guards, and then you have LeBron who I had long said is probably one of the best physical specimens in the history of the human race. You just, I mean, the best comparison I've heard is a ball handler like Magic Johnson and a finisher like Kemp. And I think that's about as close as you can get because mm-hmm. he's just never been seen before. Yeah. And he has, you know what, as much as people wanted to hate him after the announcement and all of the stuff that the Heat did leading up to his first season there, he is has one of the best personalities in the league. He genuinely loves playing the game, you know, enjoys being on the court, doing stuff, you know, winning basketball games. And 
Right now, I'm going to say something that is ex- going to make some people mad, going to make Blair mad. I think that LeBron has a legitimate chance to end up 25 years down the line. We're going to consider LeBron the best player of all time. Wish you could see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that LeBron is going to win a title this year. I think he's got a solid chance to win one next year. And then after that, we'll see if he stays in Miami or decides to go back to Cleveland, which if he were to go back to Cleveland... That team would be absolutely loaded. Skyrie Irving. You have Irving. You have Tristan Thompson. Waiters has been coming is all up. of a sudden turned it on. Waiters is looking good. Verizhao will be probably gone by then. But Zeller is there, and you never know with, with centers like that. They usually take some time to develop. Plus, they've the stocked, Cavs are going to get another yeah. excellent draft pick, and they've they've got a lot of... They continue to stockpile picks. I think yeah. they have Minnesota's first-round pick this year, too, and they've tanked because yeah. they keep getting hurt. So if LeBron were to go back there in 2015... As the veteran guy on that team, who's to say he couldn't win another three titles? And if he ends up with six, and he's going to have some of the, he's going to have MJ numbers, except better rebounding, better assists. His defense is essentially equal to MJ's, I'd say, in terms of perimeter defense. I think defense. that on ball, they're about the same. You know, I'd have to go back and probably watch some stuff. LeBron is a really good off-ball defender. Mm-hmm. He will make that come from behind and swat your ball thing. And yeah. I'm not to say that MJ didn't. But I just Le- LeBron I don't know. as a as a specimen is just he's ridiculous. Who who else is ever that you can think of? Who what other athletes in modern history can you remember who were six nine and close to two eighty and could run like he can and jump like he can? I mean, he's been doing this thing since the dunk contest because everyone's been giving him crap for not dunking in the dunk contest. Magic Johnson offered him a million dollars to dunk in the next contest. He obviously can't accept that because then it all of a sudden looks like, well, okay, I had a million dollars. Yeah, no, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's the only been, thing he could do is donate it to charity. In pregame, what he's been doing is doing these just ridiculous dunks. He'll, last last night, he threw one behind his back off the backboard from the three-point line and did a reverse, like, double-clutch type thing. It was insane. And he just made it look easy. I'm going to be honest. That's kind of, as a fan, that's a little insulting. It is a little bit. But at least he's been showing people that he like what he can do. It's not just like he's keeping it to himself that's fine but he should still go do it that's true i think i'm with you there i think he should dunk all the best did it mj did it kobe did it yeah i'm with you i think that lebron should dunk but in terms of his career it doesn't matter whether he dunks him oh absolutely not. not but i think that in you know 2040 we're gonna look at lebron and think he is the kids who are who grew up or are growing up right now watching lebron play they're gonna see him and think of him as the best of all time well, I mean, of course they're going to think that because you don't have anything to see but in, MJ. But when you look at numbers, it's going to be close. Well, I don't it's going to be close. I'm going to let Kurt go first. But for, you mean, but first, we're not going to be talking about Mike Monday Jr. as possibly the greatest ever in 2040? Well, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Kurt. LeBron, Kobe, LeBron, MJ, Kobe, MJ. Debate. Okay, I mean, it's, it's tough to disagree vehemently with what mike just said but to say that he could go to cleveland and win three more titles there i think it's still a stretch right now we're too far out predict what that team's gonna look like what if irving's not there what if he gets picked up somewhere after this contract ends i think it'll be right around the same time that lebron would come back that irving is up for re-signing so actually i think that's true i think it's the same year so i i can't see any way that irving would leave if lebron's coming in that's true statistically you know you guys are talking about you know we're kind of wondering who's got the better stats and points wise it's it's michael of both the other two yeah but lebron's got the better all-around numbers yeah that's not surprising to me no so they all play like 40 minutes but lebron averaged another assist or two and rebound it every game 
I think Michael's numbers would be a little bit better if you were to leave out his two years in Washington. Those were very pedestrian numbers. Yeah. At least by his standard. That's true. That raises an interesting question. How long do you think LeBron's going to play? I just don't think he'll stick around for 16 years. Uh, well, 16 years only gives him six left. Or, or seven. Wow. Maybe yeah, that's well. creepy to think about. I don't know. I mean, those guys that come out of high school, LeBron and Kobe, chief among them, and Garnett to, a, to an extent too, they stick around for so long. Yeah, I guess. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he will play for like 10 more years. I don't see why not. He's what, 28, 29 now? 28. 28. Can't you see him playing till he's 38 as kind of the... Yeah, I guess. Even even those last couple of years, if he's just on the bench as kind of the veteran guy in the locker room who... Like the Juwan Howard. Basically. I don't think he'll do that. <laughs> I mean, maybe not to that extent, but... Because that would be like 20 years from now. Well, yeah. Juwan Howard is like 85 years old. <laughs> I mean, LeBron has been healthy his entire career. I don't see any reason as long as he stays that way. I don't think that's going to change. I mean, he's, I, he's just, just a one of physical people. specimen. He's similar to... I mean, obviously not similar in body size, but similar in kind of the way he is to Allen Iverson, who just never got hurt. And I, I can see LeBron being the same way. Maybe he's a robot. Is LeBron a robot? Everything he does is like calculated to <laughs> make people like him. The, the announcement was like a malfunction. Yeah, it was definitely a malfunction. <laughs> and now he's fixing it piece by piece. I don't, he still can't figure out how to do a dunk contest. Well, no, oh. no, he doesn't have the programming for that. He yet. needs an upgrade. And he's, yeah. Finally figured out how to play in the playoffs. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. He finally got that fourth quarter down. You know, that's my biggest thing. And this is the only argument I think you have between between Kobe, LeBron and MJ is the mentality. Kobe and MJ have the mentality that you're not going to stay in my way. I don't care if you're on my team. I'm going to the hoop. I'm going to score. We're going to win. Yeah. And LeBron very much has a more team mentality. And not to say that Kobe's and Michael's is bad, because I actually prefer it. I mean, it makes them kind of cold. But you knew as soon as it was clutch time who's getting the ball. And more often than not, they were going to go to the hoop and they were going to beat you. That's true. That's true. I think that if you're... If you want to have a, a great time playing basketball, LeBron's the guy you want. And that's, I think, the biggest difference. And that's why I like the comparison of LeBron to Magic, because he is more like a point guard. Mm -hmm. He can score with anyone. I mean, he if he goes to the rim, he is unstoppable. There's no one physically that can match up with him. But maybe it's just his carefree personality. He just... I'm not going to say he's... I don't think he's not clutch anymore. I'm I'm kind of over that. I mean, yeah, you me win too. a championship. I don't think you can be that unclutch. That playoff run he had last season yeah. was out of control. So I'm not going to say he's not clutch. It just seems like when it comes to takeover time, it's not really him that puts himself in the driver's seat. It mm -hmm. seems like he more wants to set everyone else up. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, when, they have, when they're down to under five seconds on a shot clock or it's a last-minute situation, I think Wade gets the ball just as much as he does. Yeah, that's true. I think it's been especially true this season. That's I agree with you. I think I don't I don't see the Heat not winning this year, barring an injury, because Wade looks about as healthy as he has since LeBron's come to South Beach, and LeBron's in the middle of a career year. So yeah. I just don't think they can be stopped this year. Can you imagine if LeBron had been born with MJ and Kobe's sense of competition? I wish. I mean, do you think that Cleveland is in the midst of like five straight titles out of him? Because I don't think he'd leave and go play with Wade. I think they would have won that the finals that they were in in '07. The Spurs. I think that Cleveland would be in the in the midst of, and LeBron would already be considered. They would have Irving, though. They would not have Irving, but they would have killer LeBron. I mean, if he had learned early on that he literally could not be stopped when he drives to the rim. How did he not know that? I don't know. I mean, he's he still... even, even in high school, he had to be like at least 6'7", right? Yeah, he was huge. Like last year, it was last year, right, when he jumped over John Lucas III? Yeah, that was last year. I mean, 
jumped over a, a human being who plays basketball for a living. For what it's worth, John Lucas is like 5'4". He's <laughs> okay. actually like 5'8", but I'm just but, kidding. But still, he jumped <laughs> over him for an alley-oop. That's, that's ridiculous. What do you do if you're John Lucas? Because you're clearly now on a poster. Yeah, I, you just, I don't know, you get some plastic surgery and change your face. I don't know. But, oh, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, who's going to get in LeBron's way if he's driving full speed? Nobody. You don't, you wouldn't want to. That's just. Superman's not going to get in his way. Well, yeah, Dwight Howard is a baby, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I do not understand it either. He, I don't know, maybe because MJ is such a glorified jump shooter. Yeah. Maybe I, that's what it was. I don't know. But LeBron is a physical specimen that cannot be stopped when he puts his head down. And now that he's started to figure it out, he's... It's he, opened up his game. Yeah, he's going to have that... He's never going to be the best jump shooter, but there are a lot of guys who aren't going to be the best jump shooter. He may, But he may, in fact, be the best driver to the rim ever. I think you've got to think that he's close. Yeah. would be. It's an interesting hypothetical to think, what if LeBron had that killer spirit? Well, you have to wonder when this progression as a player is going to come to a halt. Because you can look at his stats the last three or four years since he's come to Miami, and his stats are just ramping up exponentially. His, his field goal yeah. percentage, three-point shooting, rebounds and assists are both up. I mean, he's becoming a better all-around player. He's learned to do more than just score, which is what he had to do in Cleveland. Hmm. I mean, when, when is that going to stop? Well, I think part of that, I mean, not to discredit LeBron, but I think part of that is the talent. Around sure. him, you would imagine, or I imagine, that at some point he will stop improving and it'll flatline for a while. The bigger question for me is what's going to happen when Wade starts to fall off because I think he's close. Uh, he's got another year or two at best. And two, what's LeBron's game going to be like when he starts to lose his athleticism, which is clearly off the charts and not comparable to anybody else's? Yeah, his game is not going to be nearly as good. It's the same thing that scares me with Rose. If Rose comes back and doesn't have that athleticism, yeah, he doesn't have the jump shot to continue to be successful and LeBron's going to be the same way when he starts to fall off a little bit maybe he turns into you know a, a great high low post player who you know spreads the ball around I mean that's what you would hope that's the big difference I mean when Michael was always a pretty good shooter mm -hmm. but he, I mean you can see the highlights early in his career the dude could fly yeah but then when he obviously lost his athleticism he became a devastating fall away jump shooter yep and, and you know maybe LeBron works his, works his butt off in a few off seasons and gets a jump shot there's no reason to say he can't. No, I, his... I agree 100% with you, but I mean, his size alone, he should be always a devastating post player. Yeah, well, he could he could just transition into playing the four full time once his athleticism starts to go and kind of be that Duncan type role where he kind of plays plays post defense a lot more than perimeter defense. Yeah. Final yeah. thoughts, Kurt, anything? I mean, it's hard to compare LeBron to either of the other two right now. But I think we're all in agreement he's going to get at least two more rings. I'd say at least. Absolute minimum. Yeah, I think so. And then maybe maybe we can compare them a little better then. For sure. Do you think that he's going to be remembered as the greatest ever? What do you think, Kurt? Do you think LeBron will even pass Kobe? I mean, does he pass Kobe in the minimum? No, I don't, I don't think that he's going to get it done. Like Mike said, Wade's on his way out. I think they win one this year. But he might get two more, but ultimately... It's still going to be one less than Kobe, two less than Jordan. I don't know. I don't play him ahead of either of them. Hmm. We talked about Big Ten basketball. We talked about the NBA trade deadline and everything that didn't happen there. And we talked about LeBron versus Kobe. And I think we're ready to wrap up this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make sure you tune in next week when we talk about the first couple rounds of the Big Ten basketball tournament. Make some early playoff predictions for the NBA, as well as talk about anything that you post on either Facebook or Twitter. Not to mention, we'll uh, be on the road. Yeah, Blair and I are going back on up to Chicago. Blair and Kurt have a super fun trip planned. City of Sin. Break. They are going out to Las Vegas. They're going to do... Gambling. Their best Michael Jordan impression. 
and gamble a lot. Blow! Blow, blow! <laughs> all right, so that's all we've got. Signing off, I'm Mike Monday. Blair Gunther. And Kurt Studebaker. Thanks for listening.